Good morning, historians of the internet. Old history here. Uh, today is the 79th, 78th, 78th or 9th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. So, without further ado, let's just jump right in. No nonsense today. Alright, so, what exactly happened in, during Pearl Harbor? Okay, so we know that the Japanese... Uh, kind of demolished uh, Pearl Harbor, which is in Oahu, not too far from Honolulu, I believe. So, why did they attack? So, just to make this part short, uh, the United States and Japan really hadn't gotten along for a couple years from before. Uh, Japan had been pretty belligerent against China, as they believed that the only way to solve their demographic and economic problems were to uh, take over its neighbor's territory and and its import market. And Japan would declare war on China in 1937, resulting in the Nanking Massacre, among other things. America wasn't happy about it, and they resulted... they retaliated with economic sanctions and trade embargoes and thought that without money and goods and essential supplies, Japan would have to uh, rein in and it's, it's, you know, rein itself in. But this didn't work. So in November, the Imperial Navy uh, set out from Japan, I think in uh, late November, and they stayed in some outlying islands there. So, jumping right into Pearl Harbor, um, at 3.42, I'll read, I'll read you the timeline of events of how, of, to how they occurred with the story at the end. So, at 3.42 a.m., the Condor, which was a uh, U.S. minesweeper, seen something in the water about 50 yards ahead of the port bow. And they were on patrol about two miles offshore. And they reported that. Uh, so, at 6.10 a.m., a little later in the morning, some 200 aircraft from the Imperial Japanese Navy launched from the carriers, which were about 100 miles outside of Hawaii. <coughs> 100 miles, give or take. I might be wrong on that one. At 6.45 a.m., the Ward, which was a U.S. destroyer, found the submarine reported in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, they shot twice. The first shot missed, but the second shot hit and sank the craft. 6.53, the ward sent two detailed messages to the 14th Naval Headquarters, explaining that they had both found a submarine in the defensive area they had fired upon and sank the craft. 7.02, the Opana Mobile Radar Station, which was one of six on Oahu, reports to Fort Shafter, uh, the Fort Shafter Information Network, they have seen 50 or more aircraft headed straight for the island. At 7.15 a.m., after decoding the messages, uh, that the ward sent. The clerk went all the way to the top floor, uh, reported to Admiral Kimmel, who was the commander-in-chief of the Pacific Fleet, um, just what the ward had done just minutes earlier. However, he doesn't believe the reporting and decides to wait for verification. At 7.20 a.m., uh, an Army lieutenant who is training at Fort Shafter receives messages from the Opana mobile radar station about a mass of aircraft headed straight for the island. 
A lieutenant believes this to be a flight of B-17 bombers on the way from California. He tells radar station not to worry about it. And so by this point, the swarm of uh, Japanese aircraft is about 70 miles away. At 7.40 a.m., the swarm of aircraft arrives at Oahu. And by 7.55, they descend upon Hickam Field, Port Island, and Battleship Row. Within minutes, the uh, USS West Virginia the, and the Oklahoma, excuse me, the West Virginia, uh, the Oklahoma, and the Nevadas all sink. Or at least the Nevadas uh, suffered heavy damage. The California, the Tennessee, the Arizona, and the Maryland all suffered heavy damage. The, with the Arizona suffering, I think they took about a, 1,100 losses. At 18 a.m., an armor-piercing bomb uh, hit the forward deck of the Arizona and ignited about a million pounds of gunpowder. It took nine minutes for the Arizona to sink, and a crewman who was on the Nevada reported that when it blew up, it, this, the uh, Nevada or the Arizona jumped about 20 feet in the air and broke in half. At 8:50 a.m., the Nevada heads for open sea with all of its anti-air guns ablazing. Now, rather than risk heading into open sea, uh, the Nevada grounded itself off of Hospital Point. It would be the only battleship to get underway during the attack. At 8.54, the second wave, which consisted of about 35 fighters, 78 dive bombers, and 54 high-altitude bombers, reached the island and met heavy anti-air fire. The Pennsylvania would be targeted, and so are the oil tanks in between the Cassin and the Downs which were U.S.-class destroyers. At 10 a.m., the, the swarm of Japanese planes leave the island and uh, regroup and go back to the carriers. The uh, leaders of the fleet report they urge a third attack, thinking that targeting the gas tanks will leave the fleet out of action uh, for a couple of weeks. But they report that the attack was successful and the uh, superiors report uh, they rule out a third attack as they do not know the location of the remaining U.S. aircraft carriers. And just a little side note here, of the 29 Japanese planes lost, anti-air fire shot down at least 15. And by 1 p.m., the Imperial Navy headed home. They managed to destroy or damage nearly 20 American vessels, including eight battleships, over 300 airplanes, 2,403 Americans would die in the attack, including civilians, and another 1,000 people were wounded. In the years of war that would follow, the United States Navy uh, would go on to sink every single one of the Japanese aircraft carriers, battleships, and cruisers in that strike force. And so following this, I would like to share the story of my great uncle, uh, Bill Carmichael. Uncle Bill was stationed on Fort Island, and he was the gunner on a B-17 flying fortress. And now this story is unique in itself because my Uncle Bill was blind in one eye. He got in an accident, somebody threw a rock at his eye and blinded him. Um, during the attack on Pearl Harbor, his plane was attempting to take off when a bomb exploded on the runway, uh, causing the aircraft to crash. When rescue crews finally dug him out, he had one of the barrels from the 30 cows sticking out of his abdomen. Cruz took a hacksaw and cut it off and took him to the hospital. 
where for roughly the next year or so, doctors came in and moved the barrel about an eighth of an inch every day until it was completely removed. They had done this so that that way, whatever was behind the barrel would heal and you wouldn't bleed out. His two brothers went on to fight in different campaigns. Dan Carmichael, who was with the U.S. Army in Germany, where he was wounded, and the other brother, my grandfather, uh, Fred Boyer Carmichael, went on to the Pacific Theater with the, uh, the Marine Corps as a PFC. He was wounded on September 1944 during the Battle of Peleliu. Now, the Battle of Peleliu, for those that don't know, was one of the bloodiest battles in the Pacific, on the Pacific stage. It's estimated that 40% of the, of the um, Marines that went in uh, died or were wounded. So that's the story of Pearl Harbor for those that um, either didn't know it or just wanted to hear it out again. Hope everybody has a great week and see you guys on Saturday.